What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new. Something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all know me, I'm Sid. What's up, Reg? Sid, how you doing, my boy? Good, good, man. We, uh... We're a day off this week, but we're here. Um, we're going to start where we always start. <laughs> the New Orleans Saints this past Sunday uh, took on the Kansas City Chiefs. And a game we, we both picked last week for Kansas City to win and cover. What was the spread? Two or three? I think it was three, actually, at the start of the game. Yeah, I think it was three. So we both picked them to cover. We both uh, expected Kansas City to win this game. Um but as the game played, the game didn't play out exactly how I thought it would, though. What what were your thoughts on the game? Well, I think going into the game, uh, we took a bend but don't break approach on defense, and it paid off tremendously. Uh, although Kansas City scored over 30 points, we were able to limit them in certain situations, and they wasn't able to necessarily blow the game wide open to where we couldn't get back into the game. And if you think about it, we started off uh, was down 14 at a blink of an eye, pretty much. Yeah. And, and uh, being very limited on offense with receivers, Drew Brees still found the way to fight and claws back into the game. But to me, the defense, they stole the show. <clears throat> it wasn't necessarily them causing turnovers, anything of that nature. They just played great sound defense. Everybody uh, carried out their assignments, and that's what caused us to be able to to stay in the game and uh, make somewhat of a comeback. Uh, we played two safeties uh, the whole game, two safeties deep, which I like, and we allowed Kansas City to run the ball whenever they wanted, and it really showed just how great we are at containing and stopping the run because yep. most teams, they would get, like, you know, they would get beat to sleep allowing anybody to run the ball at will, just facing a, a front four and having your backers and, and safety out of that box. So, Hats off to Dennis Allen, bro. Like, you know, even in a loss, you know, if I was in New Orleans this time, I think I would have would have been at the uh, – I would have been – oh, that, well, that was a home game as well. I was about to say because if that if, they, if we traveled for it and I was in New Orleans, I'd be at the airport waiting for him to, to, to come back, bro. And I, I would probably have Dennis – want to shake Dennis Allen's hand. Uh, he had everybody so ready to play. And it was a complete team effort. This is what we need going into uh, – you know, going into what's about to be the start of the playoffs because this was a potential uh, Super Bowl meeting. What could be a, a, you know, a future Super Bowl meeting between us and KC. 100%. And everything you said was absolutely dead on. Uh, our defense showed up. Our defense has continued to show that they're one they're one of, if not the best in the league. And like you say, not uh, I don't think there's another team that can show you uh, a forefront and, and have your linebackers and, and the corners and safeties up out of their box and, and still be able to contain the run uh, in any in any manner. Um and then you look at you look at Mahomes and you look at the receivers and there was no receiver that went over seventy yards for them. And and you had Mahomes uh Mahomes went twenty six of forty seven. Uh, and we got to him four times uh, on sacks. So if like once again we both went into this game saying yeah we're probably gonna drop this one, but this 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 game just gave me more more confidence that like you say we we can be in the Super Bowl in six weeks or however long it is 
yep. however he's going to be. Yep. Um, yep. A rusty Drew Brees on offense. Of course, he has to get back into the rhythm of things. But the, the biggest thing on offense was no receivers were able to get separation at all throughout yep. that game. You nailed it. And I'm not even I'm not even sure if Drew was rusty. You know, like I, I've been seeing a lot of people say that, especially all the analysts that that's watching the game. I think because he didn't perform uh, on the magnitude that he normally does, that we just so quick to call it rust. But I don't think it was rust at all. I just think, like you just said, it was a lack thereof. Anytime you got three receivers called up from the practice squad and you throwing uh you know touchdowns to Humphreys, kind of like we we spoke about off air a little earlier. You know, that just lets you know what we were working with. They were able to really contain Kamara, load the box every single play. Uh, and they uh, they done a great job with Emmanuel Sanders. Corners ran step for step with him. And Drew really didn't have nowhere to go. It would be different if we saw Drew Brees timing off or him miss some throws that he normally makes. Drew was accurate with the ball. It just no one can can get separation. I don't really consider that rust. And I say Russ because those first, uh, I want to say first three drives, there were a couple passes that were off the mark by him. And it's a rhythm thing more than anything, just him getting back into the rhythm of it. So that absolutely, uh, so that's why I say Russ. It wasn't a whole game thing, but in the beginning of it, like I said, those first few drives, you could see uh, that he was just working his way back into it. Um, but once again, the, the, big, the bigger picture of offense was, no receivers getting open. No receivers yep. getting separation. Um, not having Michael Thomas and then losing Traquan Smith. Uh, yeah, there was it, it. It basically was. I I'm shocked Drew Brees was able to get 230 yards and, and three touchdowns out of that. Yep, because it was a lot of situations where it was third and two, third and four, where he's waiting on the receiver, even on the out route that was ultimately interception. He was waiting on the receiver to, to break off his route. And it was a lot of times that KC got off the field on third down on in routes and slants that Michael Thomas, you know, makes his money off of yeah. uh, where he had nowhere to go with the ball. He was waiting on the guy to, to come out the break and the guy's not ready for the ball and he has to hold it. But if you give us Michael Thomas, that's a different game. I don't I don't even think we're having this conversation about Drew Brees. And, and, and we win the game. Yeah, there you go. And and we win the game if we have Michael Thomas Sunday. So, um, once again, a three point loss, man. It was a great showing. That defense played, uh, played out of their minds, and that's what we have looking for. That's what we have to look forward to uh, going into the playoffs. And in the playoffs, is just can we get uh, Michael Thomas healthy? Because of course, if he's out there on the field. Um, he opens up a whole lot for the other receivers because of the attention that he uh, commands when he's out there on the field. True. And he's Drew a uh, security blanket, in a sense. Uh, if there's one thing that you know we're going to get, it's catches from Michael Thomas to move the chains. He might don't be a down-the-field threat like other great receivers are. Uh, and and that's probably because our offense really doesn't consist a lot of that. You know, yeah. I always see a lot of people say that about Michael Thomas. He's not a, a down the field threat. And I'm just like, well, we really don't know because it's not our offense. Yeah. But um, that's a game where you, I can definitely see Michael Thomas with tw- 10 to 12 catches, 
110, 115 yards, and we moved the chains. Exactly. Because as well as the defense played, man, if you pick up some first downs in the first half and score, score a couple more points in the first half, that's a completely different game. Now, I'm not saying we beat Kansas City because this is a team that has come back from down 21, down 17, down 14, down 10. To me, they're the most balanced team in football uh, as of right now. Uh, so I'm not saying that, oh, we absolutely beat them, but I definitely liked our chances to win that game this uh, this past weekend if we had Michael Thomas. I am. I'm saying we absolutely win that game. <laughs> if, if we spend <laughs> on the defense to play. And once again, it's crazy because you're saying, man, that defense played the best that Kansas City has seen this season, and they still put up 32 points. Yep. But, it, but, but holding them to that 32 was enough to win the game if the it offense had any type of – it really uh, was. To it. Yep, really was. That one hurt it for sure. It, it hurt it, but it was a good hurt. Um, because you say, if I feel confident, they're going to make some adjustments if we have to see them in the Super Bowl. They're definitely going Absolutely. to make adjustments. But we also have the same ability to make adjustments, and we will be more healthier exactly. uh, to, to attack their defense. So I, I like what we saw. Great job across the board. Uh, the I was afraid of the front four being gassed. And although, uh, you know, they was on the field for quite some time, uh, those guys stayed in their gaps. They made it tough for Pat Mahomes to move around in the pocket. And if that was any other quarterback but Patrick Mahomes, we win that game. And I was about to say, and we still, and, and there we had a chance. And when Cam Jordan got ejected, Trey, Hen- Trey Hendrickson ended up going out with his neck injury mm-hmm. uh, that same drive. Yep. And that killed that killed our pass rush as well at that point. Yep. And not only that, um, when they scored their their t- their touchdown to Tyreek Hill, which I believe was the first, maybe I think that was the first yeah. or second touchdown, maybe the first. Yeah. Um, CJ Gordon Johnson came out. CJ yep. was doing a good job all game long. They got in the red zone, and on third down, he came out, and uh, they went on to score that touchdown uh, right in the slot area where he normally yeah. would, have, would have been. So, I mean, you can't crawl with spilled milk. You just got to say, hey, man, we did our job. You're not going to win them all. Um, you know, congrats to KC, but if we see them in the Super Bowl, I think we'll be more than ready. And once again, we we started this show, I want to say, around week 10. Um, well, week 9, maybe, right before Drew Brees got hurt. And after after that, we came and we was like, okay, look, we got we got a a six a five six week stretch where it's gonna be no we was yeah we were saying a six week stretch where we should have won every game except for maybe the Kansas City game, mm-hmm. and that's what happened except for the Philadelphia game. Yep, which we <laughs> also said we probably gonna yeah, lose exactly one of those games, right? Exactly. So. Yep. Yeah, this is this is exactly what we expected to see, but it just makes that Philadelphia loss hurt even more because, man, that that that's one of those. It's about winning the games you're supposed to win. Yep. And that Philadelphia game was one of those, so you can so you'd be able to eat a loss like this better because of who what the competition is. I agree. Um. So looking back at. Uh, everything else that happened week 15, was there anything you saw that you wanted to touch on? Um, They had one game that I just have to say my two cents about, 
And that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Atlanta Falcons. Um, that game was just, it was just crazy. Um, Atlanta was in complete control, like we've seen Atlanta do a few times this year. And then at the end, Atlanta just finds a way to give it up. They played brilliant the first half, and the second half of that game was just absolutely terrible. Um, to the point where I don't even want to dig too deep into it. I just had to get that off of my chest talking about how, you know, how can a team continue to do this so many times in one year, bro? Like, so man, it's almost like you got to, you got to try to do it in order for that to happen. That's not something that happened that many times. Yeah. And, and the, once we talk about the Atlanta Falcons team, uh, off the air a lot, man. And, it's the fact that you the first half, I want to say they gave up sixty yards to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Sixty yards in the first half, and then second half comes along and they they look like a completely different team, a completely different team. Um, so yeah, I once again I don't even want to touch on them too much, man, and and <laughs> and, <laughs> and we damn sure ain't about to sit here and give no credit to Tampa Bay for it. So oh. we gonna go ahead and. Jesus. And move forward. I've been fighting all week. Uh, these Tom Brady lovers, man. I mean, I, I, you know me. I respect Tom Brady as the goal, bro. I really yeah. do, man. Like, what he's done is is he's second to none in Super Bowls. And, you know, the, the way he won them coming from behind. But it, I, don't, I don't understand why people just can't accept the fact that when they win, it's him. When they lose, it's him. Yeah. You know, they always try to shift blame, but I, I mean, I, to me, he wasn't incredible or anything this game. Uh, I think the biggest difference in that game was Atlanta started off protecting Matt Ryan in the first half and getting pressure on Tom Brady. And then the whole second half, it was the complete opposite. They couldn't protect Matt Ryan and they couldn't get to Tom Brady. Yep. And Matt Ryan took so many sacks that. You know, him being a veteran quarterback, he know he can't take those sacks to knock him out of field goal range, to give up good field on the punts and all that good stuff. Like, that, I want to say coaching, but, uh, hell, Leon got rid of their coach. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> it, it, it it's the players. It's in-house. Oh, man. Um, one game that I wanted to, to talk about for a second was the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game. Oh, that was a good one. We we got on we got on here and talked about them uh, a few weeks ago when they were still undefeated, and man, I was saying, look, this don't feel like a, a truly a, a true undefeated team because we eleven games in. Usually, a team like that is getting the most praise and and everything else, but they just didn't feel like a a true eleven and no team at the time. And here we go, fast forward three weeks later, and they're eleven and three. Yeah, um, and losing. Uh, they lost to Washington. Uh, I can't remember who they lost to last week. And then to turn around and lose to this Cincinnati team, which is one that I'm quite sure everybody had marked off as a win for Pittsburgh just because mm-hmm. of the state of that Bengals team. Um, but once again, it's a division game, and you can never you can never overlook uh, the competitiveness in in a division game. But for the Bengals to play, because it was all about their defense. It was all about the Bengals defense. The Bengals defense was able to to really uh confine Big Ben and that passing game. And once again, off air, man, you you say all the time about how Pittsburgh's run game is what's really killing them. 
Right. Um. So for they they rely so heavily on that passing game that if you could take that away from them, you got them beat. That's and, true. And Ben went twenty of thirty eight for one hundred and seventy yards. That's yeah. That's not gonna get it. That that's not gonna get it done. Um. So that was that was shocking. But once again, it was it was something that's really going to shape the playoffs for the AFC as well. Um. Because Pittsburgh is is about to turn around and play. Um, who did we say they was playing next week? Uh, was it? It was a pretty good team that they. Yeah, they play the Colts. The Colts, yeah. They play the Colts Sunday, so they lose if they mess around and lose to the Colts on Sunday. They play Cleveland, and Cleveland wins. They play Cleveland week seventeen for the division. Yeah, and that easily flips them from being. The second or third seed in the a well the third yeah the second or third seed in the AFC to the sixth. Yep. So that's, that's true. that yeah. was that was real interesting for me. So, um, let's look forward. Let's look ahead to uh week sixteen. Once again, we we getting real close to the playoffs, man. I'm excited. Before. Um, before we move on to to week 16, I just want to touch on the Steelers, right? So I know that, uh, you know, you, you never really liked what you saw from them. Yeah. But, and this time of year, nobody's healthy. Like, no team is really healthy across the board. Like, everybody's dealing with something this close to the playoff time, this close toward the end of the year. And with COVID opouts and everything, Pittsburgh has, you know, just like every other team lost something. But injuries has really killed Pittsburgh. You know, they, like you said, they harp on running the football on offense. And to run the ball on offense, you got a couple things have to go right. You got to have a good old line. You got to have a pretty decent running back. And you have to be able to do something besides run the ball to make people respect your your passing game. And Pittsburgh has lost their starting uh, right tackle. He's out. Uh, the left tackle uh, missed time, and they, uh, they're still missing uh, Kevin Dotson, their guard. And then you say, well, what's the other thing that they do? Well, Pittsburgh was playing defense better than anybody in football. And when you look on the defensive side of the field, they've lost all three starting linebackers. And they starting cornerback uh, Joe Hayden had missed, uh, missed time. So I don't think it's that Pittsburgh fell off or people caught on to what they're doing. Anytime you're plagued with injuries like that, just like what San Francisco is going through this year. The only difference is it caught Pittsburgh at the end of the year. Uh, if Pittsburgh would have lost all that from week one, two, or three, or whatever, yeah. there's no way they would have even achieved 11 wins. So See, I don't think it's necessarily people catching on to Pittsburgh and and this is who we thought they were. I just think that because they're so limited uh, on offense and defense that this is the result of. And and my argument against Pittsburgh is that even when they were on that eleven game winning streak, they were squeaking out victories. It mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't they were dominating anybody. It was oh okay yeah. It was, it was just them squeaking victories, squeaking out yeah. victories. So in time, some of those are going to go the other way, you know. And then this is also football. You know what I'm saying? Where anything can happen. So you mm-hmm. can look at the team that we just said is probably the most balanced team in football, being the Kansas City Chiefs. They haven't been blowing people out. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, they've been squeaking out some victories. They've been in some very close games this year. And it was the legs or arm of Pat Mahomes that brought them through. And I'm talking last play to seal it. They did that two, three times this year. So 
this year, nobody is just so dominant they're going to blow out competition every single game. Uh, you're not going to find that this year in the NFL. So Pittsburgh is not even built to blow nobody out. They're built to play good defense, milk the clock, run the ball, you know, things of that nature. That's not even a style to blow folks out. So and, I just think that is that is Yeah, and, and that's the reason why I'm not that big on them. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like there's so many teams that if, if, if your style of play is we just going to play you close and try to squeak it out, the teams you're going to come across, even in the AFC this year, are going to be good enough to be like, nah, you you can try to keep this close if you want to. We're going to run it up on you in the end. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see if they can get healthy, what they can do. So looking forward to week 16, uh, we have a Friday game, Christmas game, which uh, this got to be the first time in NFL history where we played a season and had a game on every day of the week, Sunday right. through Saturday. Right. Um, so I'm the Vikings, what you about to say? I'm a fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Friday, the Vikings travel to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Uh, how you see that one playing out? I'm about to get very, very unpredictable uh, right here. I honestly give the Vikings a very good chance of winning this game. Uh, Kirk Cousins uh, haven't been special at all this year. However, he has playmakers on both sides of the uh, on both sides at the receiver uh, position, and that alone is going to cause us to gamble a little bit because uh, both of those guys can get behind uh, the corners and safety. So um, it's going to we're going to probably go back to um, to you know running our cover three and a lot of man keeping one high safety being. Marcus Williams, you know, we're going back to our original look, but we're going to have to gamble a little bit, too. Uh, this is one of them games, if they can find a way to keep Kirk Cousins clean, that's what I'm. That's what, what Minnesota have to bank their, their hopes on of winning this game, is keeping Kirk Cousins clean. If they can protect Kirk Cousins and uh, put together a game plan where he can get rid of the ball quick, they have a very good chance of winning this game. I'm not going to say that they're going to win. Right now, we're seven-point favorites. Yep. But I, if if we lose this game or this game turns into a dogfight, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I absolutely love Delvin Cook, uh, and I have all confidence in him being effective against us. Uh, you know our, our history with containing guys, not only guys, but teams to rushing, let alone single uh, running backs. Mm-hmm. But I think Delvin Cook goes over 100 yards against us this Sunday. And I think for the first time, we feel completely different uh, when it comes to the Saints, a Saints game. I feel co- the complete opposite of that. Okay. I don't see this game ending up being close. Um, I think um, uh, it's going to have to come down to Kirk Cousins throwing the football. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't even even with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, I, I don't see them being able to effectively move the football up and down the field uh, on the strength of Kirk Cousins arm of him uh, of, on the strength of their passing game. Um, we're going to eliminate the run, run game like we do most of the time. Um, so if you're telling me that it's their passing game that has to beat us, I don't see it. And on top of that, they don't have a good defense. Mm hmm. They're giving up 378 yards a game. Um, their turnover di- differential is minus five. 
Like mm-hmm. I, I don't see that defense being able to to stop much uh, as well. Um, and I think I think the scheming of Friday's game is going to be a little bit differently as well to help some of these uh, receivers that we have get open a little more, uh, a little easier, and um, the potential of Callaway playing Friday as well is going to help us. So I I, I do see us covering um, that that touchdown, and I, I like I said I really don't see this game ended up being that close. Yeah, and I I have it close. I have Minnesota. Um, you spoke about Minnesota lack of defense and they, they, what they give up. And a lot of that has to do with Kirk Cousins because he has been so uh, ineffective this year that he he puts the defense right back on the field. Um, I just don't see Kirk Cousins having a bad game. Knowing how we play, you're going to get a lot of man. You're going to get cover three. Uh, and we're going to bank on our front four getting to him. The front four is going to have their hands full with Delvin Cook. Uh, this isn't a situation where you can kind of say, okay, we're going to allow this team to run the ball, and then on third down, let's try to hope and get off the field. Minnesota is 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 just as good as – well, maybe that's a scratch. They're not as good as KC is throwing the ball, uh, running the ball, but Minnesota and Delvin Cook definitely uh, – he can definitely run you to a victory, kind of like what he did against Green Bay. Um, so I, I just think – He's going to be effective enough to, to, to make play action come alive, to get Thinkling working across the middle. And if we get too aggressive, then we know, you know, they could go bombs away with Jefferson. So and, I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm definitely not saying that. I'm just saying I expect this one to be a dog fight. And it absolutely, it absolutely depends on Dalvin Cook. Like, like you say, if he can, if he can be serviceable, if he can, if he can, like you say, go over a hundred yards, then yeah, this might this may as well be a game. But if not, if he gets contained, then they have no chance, in my opinion. You're, but then you I have say, a little but more. But then you got to ask cousin. yourself, how do we contain him? What are we going to do to contain him? And the that's same either thing we did for fifty-five consecutive games to contain running backs. Like I don't. Cool. And I think last time we played Delvin Cook was what in the in the playoffs. Playoffs last year. And I think we, he didn't go over 100 yards. Yeah, like 89 or something Yeah, but like I was that. about to say, he, he came close. He didn't go mm-hmm. over 100, but he came close. But um, and, and, that, and that wasn't the reason they won the game. They won the game because of their defensive scheme going into that, game, into yeah. that matchup. Yeah, and, and, and okay, so we were healthy. They were healthy. But right now, we're not healthy. Our O-line is banged up, we, and we're without Michael Thomas. So what I expect from Minnesota is playing a lot of cover th- uh, man and playing a lot of cover three, kind of like what we do. And if I'm them, what I'm doing is I'm putting my uh, best corner uh, opposite of, of Emmanuel Sanders, and I'm going to let my second corner work Emmanuel Sanders, and I'm going to shed help over top on Emmanuel Sanders and yeah, make somebody else uh, beat you. Say it again. I'm sorry. I said, yeah, but none of none of their corners are good. You talking about they they're their best corner? None of their corners are good. None none of Kansas City corners are good. Yeah, but at least they safeties could their safeties kind of make up for that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the world of Honey Badger. To me, he's a great he's a great safety, but 
to me, he did nothing that game that said, oh, if it wasn't for Honey Badger, then these corners would look bad. Mm, okay. We, uh, yeah. Because, I mean, Drew even Drew even got him over top one. He looked him off and beat him over top. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did. Yeah. So, I mean, once again, I'm not speaking highly of Minnesota. I'm just saying because of the injury of Michael Thomas, because of our offensive line issues, it just makes their defense that much better is what I'm saying. They are a bad defense. But because we are, we're going to be a little bit more limited, it's just going to help their defense out. If they run the ball, if they control the clock, if they stay ahead of the chains, I got this one being close. And I don't, and, and I'm betting on our defense and not allowing them to be able to do that. I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm betting on. You you think they're gonna be able to to be a little more successful against our defense than I think they will be. Gotcha. Um, so looking throughout the rest of the schedule, uh, for this week. There are some there are some interesting games. Um, Ram Seahawks. Uh, I think I want to say if the Seahawks win that when they win the division. Um, we talked. They have Coach Steelers this week. Um, of course, that one has playoff implications as well. Um, Eagles Cowboys is another one because the Cowboys with the rest of the with the rest of the NFC East losing last week. That moved the Cowboys back into second place for that right. division, <laughs> which is crazy at five and yeah. nine. But that moved them back into second place in that division. So if the Eagles can beat them in that game, that finishes them out, but that keeps Philadelphia alive. Mm. Um, mm. Titans Packers, that's just going to be a good game. Like yep. <laughs> there is no, there is no build up needed for that one. That's just going to be a good game. So which one are you looking most uh, forward to? I want to say all of them, to be honest. <laughs> you know how I am with football. I find interest in all games. Absolutely. Uh, but, of course, uh, I would have to take the the, the better quarter, the quarterback, um, MVP guy in Evan Rodgers, uh, taking on the Tennessee Titans, a team that is playing great football right now, and they have what it takes to, to uh, challenge that Green Bay defense. Green Bay, uh, to me, you know, they're one of those teams on defense that – they they hot or cold, you know what I'm saying? And you really don't just get a mediocre game from them either. They play great and they they stop teams from from putting the ball in the end zone, or either they're horrible and they they allowing thirty in back to back games. So Tennessee uh, right now, Ryan Tannehill is so under the radar that it it, it disturbs me at this point. <laughs> this dude is playing brilliant football. I know Derrick Henry is leading the lead in rushing. I think Derrick Henry got like seventeen hundred yards rushing. He, I mean, yeah. I wonder why we're not hearing more about him possibly being able to run for 2,000 yards this year. Um, but his quarterback, bro, is playing lights out. 31 touchdowns, 25 interceptions. He has almost 3,200 yards passing right now. The dude is playing lights out. He's not turning the ball over. So he got A.J. Brown. He got Corey Davis on the outsides. Um, Green Bay do have one good corner, but what are you going to do with the other one if you ever have to go, man? It's just that Tennessee has no defense. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers should be able to make plays happen, uh, but it's going to be a shootout. I, that's I haven't been a high scoring game. Um, and and that's that's definitely interesting because I feel like I'm more confident in Tennessee's defense than Green Bay's. Definitely, and which which honestly might be. 
it may be a little off base because I see that Tennessee allows more yards a game than Green Bay does. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tennessee is first in turnover differential. Um, and don't turn it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're first in points per game, which Green Bay is right there. Green Bay is third, third, but they they only point one behind. Right. So mm-hmm. I can definitely, like you say, this being a high scoring game, this being a shootout. But for for some reason, I feel like this also could be a runaway game for Tennessee. Definitely. I yeah, feel like Tennessee, I feel like Tennessee can go and and put up points unmatched against mm-hmm. this Green Bay team. Yeah. Um, Green Bay is what favored by three. Um, and most of that is probably just because it's a home game in yeah, Lambo. Yeah. Absolutely. But I. I think I'm going to roll with Tennessee in this matchup. I will go Tennessee as well. It's definitely Derrick, this. this is Derrick Henry time of year. So yeah, you know he's coming and he's trying to smash somebody face in. Uh, the, the, they going to have to sell out to do something, which more than likely going to be to stop the run, which is going to allow uh, A.J. Brown more opportunities and Corey Davis more opportunities. So yeah. that that's how I see it, and that's why I'm making – my selection for the Tennessee Titans. And once again, you just talked about it, how Tennessee, they don't they don't turn the ball over. So if, if they're not going to be giving Green Bay extra chances, then yeah, I, I definitely see Tennessee being able to pull this one out. It should be the best game of the day. Uh, yeah. Honestly, and I, I'm really looking forward to that one. Yes, um, Let's talk Coach Stillers. It's been a while since we talked about the Colts after you was out here disparaging their defense. But <laughs> <laughs> the Colts, the Colts are actually favored in this game uh, by two, even though it's in Pittsburgh. No, I saw it this morning when I looked at it, Pittsburgh was uh, actually favored. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Pittsburgh gets favored. You're right. My bad. Um, And I lied again. Tennessee's favored, too. Tennessee is plus three in that game. Okay. Yeah. I have them. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's still the same. But, <laughs> yeah, so Tennessee, we both take a Tennessee plus three. And we got the Steelers plus two. Yeah. What you got there? Um. So, I just spoke about the woes of Pittsburgh. It's too much to, to, to overcome, especially this time of the year where everybody is playing for something. Um, you're going to get the, the the best game plan that the coach can have. Everybody knows your 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 flaws at this point. It's late in the year. Everybody knows your receivers are struggling holding on to the ball. They're struggling to separate, and you can't run the football. Uh, the coach, the only th- and this is this is this is what benefits Pittsburgh this Sunday, right? The yeah. Colts are not an aggressive defense. Although they're great, they're great because they're greatly coached and they're going to be where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Colts play a whole bunch of cover two. They don't give up nothing cheap, nothing deep. They want you to go the distance of the field, and then they're saying, hey, we're going to stop you from punching it in, and you're going to have to kick three. That's all you get from the Colts. They don't try to confuse you. They're not going to blitz. They're not going to do none of that good stuff. Cover two, we want your quarterback to make all the right reads. And if you do get in the red zone, we're trying to limit you to three. So Big Ben, he's not going to have to worry about calling out, you know, different possibilities of blitzers and, you know, 
safety starting in the box and at the last second they're running out 20 yards deep and it's actually covered two when you thought it was casino. He's not going to have to worry about none of that like he's been doing the last couple weeks. He's been throwing balls into double and triple coverage simply because he's being confused before the snap. I don't think he's going to have to worry about that this Sunday. The Colts always play cover two. They hate it. They lay their head on it. And I think that's what we're going to continue to see from them. So if they can protect Big Ben, he should be okay. Uh, but I still have the coach winning this game. I just think Pittsburgh have too many injuries to to overcome um, the teams that they that they have to face. The Colts are very good on the defensive side of the ball. Their running game is coming along. Uh, they're starting to, to throw some balls deep, and Phillip Rivers is is back to playing pretty sound football and not turning the ball over as much. So, given those, um, given all those um, those possibilities of of, the, of the, the different ways the coach can be successful, I'm going to have to go with the coach. And I'm going to go with the coach as well. Um, like you said, even even with the coach not disguising anything that they're doing, they're going to sit there and they're going to play you straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you then have to you then have to decide, well, even even though that's the case, will the coach, uh, will Pittsburgh's receivers be able to beat the coach secondary? Um, and once again, with all the drop, with all the drop balls and how how well the Colts secondary has been playing, I honestly don't see that happening. And we've already discussed how Pittsburgh's run game is damn near a non-factor. So yep. Big Ben is going to have to sit back there and throw the ball forty times to try to beat this team on Sunday. And I think more than likely he's going to play into their hands and turn over the ball um, once or twice. I don't I see it being a high-scoring game. It's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I see the over under is 45 and a half right now. I'd probably take the under even on that. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely have the coats in that one as well. So do you also have them covering? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pittsburgh's favorite. So yeah, so yeah we, we definitely have the coach. Yeah. yeah, we definitely have the coach on this one. Yep. Um, and let's just touch on this one just because it's going to be for their division, the Rams and the Seahawks. Okay. uh, The Rams are favored by one and a half. (laughs) Mm, I'm surprised it's only by one and a half. And we've talked about the NFC West uh, before as a whole. And I always say, man, any any of those teams can lose. Like, (laughs) on any given Sunday. Like, they, they aren't. None of them are teams that you can be super confident in at this point. Yep. Um... So the game is in Seattle. Um, I can't think of any major injuries for either of these teams. This, these might be two of the more healthy teams in the league right now. Well, Cam Akers is out for the Rams, which is he's been their bell cow the last couple of weeks. So you're going to see a whole lot more of Malcolm Brown and uh, Henderson. Yeah, uh, but that's only, like you said, that's only been a couple of weeks, man. They've been flipping yeah. through those running backs trying to find the right solution there. And they finally found it in Cam Akers, and you know, in the, yeah, oh yeah, definitely, he's their guy. He's the he's the starting running back. They never this whole year they never had a starting running back, and that's from week one. And remember, I told you I was super high on Cam Akers, and I, it really caught me off guard that he wasn't the starting running back, uh, or he wasn't getting ten and fifteen touches every game. Yeah, and uh, 
they were going back and forth with all three, and uh, they finally made their decision that they're going to let Cam Akers take the majority of the snaps, which he's been doing the last couple weeks. Um, but with him being hurt, they write back to this now lesser version of a rushing attack, and you know how important running the ball is in this Rams offense. So uh, he, he's, he definitely will be missed. Um, so I'm, I hate to do this, honestly, I'm going to take the Rams in this game. Okay. The, the Seattle thing, man, when they came out early in this season and we were seeing what they were doing, I think they ended up being five and oh, before losing, um, we saw everything that needed to go right for Seattle to win and everything then and even with everything going right, they were inching out victories against bad teams. Yep. Um, the Cowboys were one of those. Um, we know what their offense is. They have a great duo uh, when it comes to receivers. They have a great running back in Chris Carson, and they got a top three quarterback in the league. The offensive line is not great. <laughs> it's not good, but the quarterback is usually Russell Wilson is usually able to overcome that. Um, and he has to, but in order for them to win, he has to overcome it greatly because the defense isn't good at all. Um, and, and you're going up against an offense that even if their run game isn't what it's been able to be with cam acres, you have to account for Robert Woods, um, Cooper cup, Josh Reynolds shows up when he wants to, uh, Higby, um, God, what's the other, Gerald Everett. Like, they have so many weapons on offense that's going up against, what, the worst defense? Maybe the second worst defense in the NFL mm-hmm. at this point? And I and I, I don't see them stopping the Rams at all uh, on, uh, on, on offense. And then you turn around and look at the Rams' defense and say, oh, I can see Oh, Jalen Ramsey going to be matched up against DK Metcalf again, which he took him completely out of the game mm-hmm. uh, when they played the first time around. Yep. And um, so now it's okay. You took one of them away, which Tyler Lockett to me, even at this point, is still is is a better receiver than DK Metcalf overall. Um, and so now you have to rely on Tyler Lockett, but you only rely on Tyler Lockett and what you can get from your running game. Man, yeah, and not too many teams trying to pound it up against Aaron Donald. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. So I, I, I have to take the Rams in this game. We have not seen a game, uh, haven't seen a game play out so similar. Uh, I think since we've created this show, everything you said is exactly what I was going to say. Like you, you really surprised me when you even talked about DK being taken out by Jalen Ramsey because that was the first thing I thought about. And not only that, but the Rams get to the quarterback, too. They get pressure, you know, especially when they play Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson is going to have to do the incredible in order to even, to me, make this a close game. Even if the Rams only win by 7 or 10, I think in all actuality, for those who actually tune in, I think it, it would never seem as if Seattle had this game or had control of this game, I should say. But I do think we're going to see more decaf. I'm sorry, DK. This is no way they can go four quarters without at some point taking their shots with him. He's too good of a player. 100%. He may not be the 
best overall receiver on his team yet, but his ability to get down the field and stretch the field, get over, get on top of DBs and draw uh, pass interference calls alone, you have to take the shots. I understand it's Jalen Ramsey. I understand he's arguably the best corner in football, but you're doing your team a disservice if you don't use DK at what DK do best, and that's put pressure on corners and on secondaries with that size and speed. And DK gonna have something to prove. DK's going out there to prove that 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 what happened uh, last time around was a fluke. So he's True. gonna have it on his mind to go out there and and actually be able to to put up what has become normal for him uh, versus mm-hmm. what happened in that last matchup. Yep. So um, I think for the Rams, you spoke on every player they had to me except for the most important one and that's the guy who can give this game to Seattle and that's Jared Goff uh I we know what we're gonna get from the run game we know what we're gonna get from the receivers we, we know about all that we get Jared Goff is we're going to get is what's going to determine determine his game because although the Rams should be favored to win if Jared Goff go there with one of them sub games where he's only you know 20 for, for 36, uh, one touchdown, one interception. If he give you one of those type performances, then you're just giving Russell Wilson more chances, and sooner or later he's going to make you pay. So to me, for the Rams, it comes down to Jared Goff. And for me, it's man, that Seattle defense is so bad, it's hard, to, it's hard for me to believe that this would be the one he goes out there and stinks it up, you know? But you're yeah. absolutely right. It It, it is... Um, it's real iffy with him at times. It could go either way. So you're absolutely right about that one. But I just, like I said, against that defense, it's hard for any quarterback to not go out there, be confident, and and, and uh, do what they want, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's what it should be. What What's the spread on that when you said one? One and a half, yep. One, one and a half. And see, I got I have the Rams by three. I, I, would, I would say the Rams cover by three or four points. And I... I I'd even go further than that. I'd give them a touchdown. Um, I think they win by at least a touchdown. Okay. Um, we'll definitely be tuned into that one. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, so let's touch on some NBA, man. Before we go NBA, do you have any any uh any bet any bookie picks uh this for this week of football? Um. Let's see. I, do you have one? You already have one? I, I do. I have two lined up that I saw. One we spoke about earlier was New Orleans Saints giving up seven, although we feel different about that game. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely taking Minnesota plus seven. I feel like it's one of the safer picks of the weekend because most okay. teams only getting one and two. Uh, I'm definitely going Minnesota with those seven points. And okay. the other one that I saw was Cleveland uh, giving up nine to who, – who, who are they playing? The Jets. Giving up nine to the Jets. Cleveland defense can win this game alone. Sam Darnold had a pretty uh, a pretty good showing last week, um, but Cleveland's must if it must have a much sticker uh, defense uh, than last week's opponent. So uh, if Miles My- Garrett haven't been right yet since that whole COVID thing, so if he can kind of shade back into uh, playing at the level he was playing, which was a defensive player of the year, if he could kind of get back to that and uh, you know Baker keep this hot hand. I can definitely see the Browns overtaking the Jets by nine or more. Okay. Um, they're giving the Ravens 11. 
<clears throat> they're giving the Ravens eleven. Uh, yeah, plus eleven against the Giants. Cause I, I'm quite sure that Bleach Report got this set up wrong. I need to find something else to look at. I was about to say yeah. what? It got to be well, the I'm about to put my house on the Ravens. <laughs> Everything I own about to go on the Ravens. So I'm quite sure that's incorrect. So I'm going to take that as the Ravens be a plus eleven and not minus eleven. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I think the Giants are able to to stick with them. Like I really like that Giants defense and the way that they've been able to play throughout this whole season. Honestly, even when their offense was looking horrendous, their defense was able to hold up for the most part. And Lamar Jackson is a different animal, of course, but uh, I think the Giants can keep this to a touchdown um, at least as long as they as long as they keep it low scoring. Um, so I'll take the Giants there, and the Chiefs are plus ten and a half against the Falcons. Give me the Chiefs. Like it's just that simple. Give give it a cheap. <laughs> I hear you. I can I can I can definitely see uh those two coming in. Um and the Giants what concern me more of the Giants is their offense more than their defense. Yeah, absolutely. It's their offense. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so honestly the offense has been able to click uh a little better these past few weeks too. Um and I don't know if that's just uh once they got their receivers back healthy and Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate were able to actually play more or um, if it's just them figuring out exactly how to use Wayne Gallman as their primary back because he's been putting up some better uh, performances as well. Yeah. Uh, mostly receiving, but they found a way to get to keep him active in their offense. To me, once um, their offensive coordinator um, – I can't think of this guy named uh, the Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett, Garrett, Cowboys former head coach. Ever since he tested positive for COVID, to me, the offense kind of took a step back. Uh, They were coming on and finding a way to use Wayne Gallum. And then all of a sudden, like he I don't want to say he just disappeared, but we kind of saw him take a step back. Um, So I think that's playing that's playing a role over there as well. But uh, you anytime they offense give them anything, it just makes defense play that much better. So that'll be a very interesting game as well to watch for. Okay, cool. So now let's move on to the NBA. Um, the Open season, night. yeah, the yeah. season opened up last night uh, with Brooklyn against the uh, Golden State Warriors, and then uh, the Battle of Los Angeles with the Lakers and the Clippers. Um, the first game wasn't interesting at all. <laughs> um, the Lakers Clippers game was interesting for about a quarter. Or maybe a half of a quarter, honestly, uh, in my opinion. But what did you think about that? So I ain't gonna lie, man. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a huge LeBron James fan, not as big as I used to be, uh, but I am still a huge LeBron James fan. And I guess it, it all comes down to expectation. You got to ask yourself, what were you expecting for last night? Yeah. If you was expecting the Lakers to come out and treat this like an NBA finals game or or I'm sorry Western Conference finals game then you would be disappointed but yeah. me watching LeBron James his whole career knowing he doesn't do that I didn't have high expectations for this game I didn't treat I didn't treat it like it was game 7 of the Western Conference finals the clippers to me you know they was going to come out and take it 
take it that way. Absolutely. But I knew I, was, I wasn't going to get that from LeBron James. And even if the whole Lakers organization take it as a game seven, if LeBron doesn't, it's not going to translate, uh, you know, for the favor of the Lakers. So I, I knew the Clippers would come out hard. They were going to come out aggressive. I had no idea it was going to be like that. The Clippers just simply could not miss last night. And I, I took a step back from Paul George, but I, I'm that guy that, like, I love to see him play like this because, to me, this is who he is. Yeah. In a league where you can't put your hand on an offensive perimeter player, this guy's 6'9", 6'10". He got crazy handles. His handles is so underrated. He can shoot. He can distribute the basketball. He can play pick and roll. He can finish with his left and his right. I love to see Paul play like this. He was in his bag last night, bro. And for the Clippers to be successful, this is the Paul George that they need. I, we often talk Clippers. We often talk Paul George off air. And like I tell you, if, if they're going to beat the Lakers, if they're going to win a ring, if they're going to be successful, this is the Paul George that has to show up. Yeah, none of that's going to happen, though. Um, so, like you said, it's all about it's all about expectations. Because, once again, I go into this game and I'm like, well, the Clippers are going to come out here and play like they got something to prove. Right. The Lakers, they're 71 days away from playing their last NBA, uh, their last NBA right. game. Right. 71 days. <laughs> like, by far, the least amount of time between a championship game and the right. opening the opening game. Yeah. So, you already know, man, these, this first month, this first month and a half, the Lakers are going to coast. They yep. still going to Like, last game, last night's game should have never ended being a seven-point game. Like, that shouldn't have happened at nope. all. That game should have been 21 points plus. Yeah. Um, yep. But, yeah, so the Lakers are going to coast, and that's still going to translate to a lot of wins over this first month and a half, but they they, they have to they have to preserve LeBron James and Anthony Davis, not just because LeBron James is up in age, but because, once again, they're 71 days away, they're 70 de- 71 days removed from playing in the NBA Finals. Yep. So the things that I was looking for last night, which I was pleased with, was how these new guys were going to look uh, for the Lakers. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, um, uh, Mar- uh, Harold, uh, Mark Gasol, uh, Wesley Matthews, those guys, those were the guys I was looking at. And Schroeder and Harold, they didn't disappoint. I, I, I already liked the additions of them, but last night made me, made me, uh, really, really, uh, fall in love with the addition of Schroeder and Harold. Um, Marcus All didn't have a good game, but once again, he's one of those guys who he's older. So, like that's that's an older guy. He's gonna he's gonna like he only played twelve minutes last night. He's gonna he's gonna rest up a lot uh, towards the beginning of this season. But between Harold and Schroeder, Schroeder went out there got fourteen, twelve, and eight. Um, Harold went out there got seventeen, ten, and three. And we know Harold. Harold's gonna be that. He he's gonna bring energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if they're going to stick with the lineup they rolled out last night and bring yeah. him off the bench. Like they um, should. He's definitely going to bring that energy. And then you just have to uh, rely on what you're going to get from uh, Kuzma mm-hmm. and uh, Wesley Matthews, Caruso, guys like that. Mm-hmm. But for what I was looking for in last night's game, I absolutely got that. Yep. And real quick, uh, just to touch on those guys that you call in Instruda uh, and, and – um, and um, Montrez, what I like about those, those two guys, 
they both score double digits and you don't have to call any plays for them. You don't have to call sets. You don't have to, like, necessarily take the ball out of LeBron and AD hands. They get their points just from the Florida game. That's what I like about those guys. So the one that I didn't like, and we kind of spoke off air about it, was DeMar Gasol. Now, DeMar Gasol is a, is a serviceable, uh, serviceable big man in the NBA, but to me, Dwight Howard is just was a better fit. And I understand the reason that Dwight left, but to me, that's the area that they fell off, uh, was losing Dwight Howard. Uh, last night, we kind of saw um, we saw the Clippers get to the basket at will at times, and there was nobody there to, to challenge those guys. So where they could finish, or if they had somebody open in the corner, they could kick it out for, for open looks. But I think that the physical nature that Dwight Howard played with last season, we talked about guys that had that had have something to prove. He played with that chip on his shoulder, and he got himself back in shape. He was dominant on the boards. He challenged people at the rim, and he he brought a energy uh, to the Lakers on the defensive side that I think that they no longer have. So uh, that's my concern about the Lakers. AD is not that physical guy. He 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 doesn't want to be that anchor, uh, that anchor presence down low. He's going to be a, a defensive envy, a defensive player of the year candidate simply because he's so skillful on both ends of the floor, not just mm-hmm. offense, but on both sides. But Dwight Howard wasn't a, a weak side, a great weak side defensive player like AD was. He was a I'm in front of you, you're not getting through me, less bang more of a defensive player. Uh, which AD is is really not. He he's not a banger. So I think that can haunt the Lakers deep in the year. But other than that, to me they good to go. Um, and, I don't make I don't make much of the Clippers winning this game. If yeah. you remember last year, they won the Clippers won exactly. open tonight. Yep. And and we disagree on that, and I think we touched on it off air as well um, about the Dwight Howard thing. Um, because that's that's the Marcus All factor. Like what you were looking for last night, you didn't see because Marcus All was only out there for twelve minutes. But Marcus All is going to be that that physical defensive anchor. Uh, it, it won't be Montrezl Harrell. Montrezl Harrell, he's athletic. He's going to be more of uh, he bring he's going to bring more energy on the defensive end than Anthony Davis. But he's going to be what Anthony Davis can be peak defensively, basically. And but Marcus Hall, like you say, he's going to be that guy that's going to be willing to bang with you. And look, like you say, uh, you're gonna to have to go through me. You're gonna to have to go through me. That's going to be a Marcus Hall thing going forward. That's why when we lost Dwight, but and but the replacement was Montrez Harrell and Marcus Hall. I was like, okay, I'm good with that. That's yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't, you can't, you definitely can't shed no tears behind getting. Uh, Montrez and, and Gasol and losing Dwight. But what I'm saying is for what the Lakers are and what they need, um, Montrez not going to be guarding, but he have no business guarding guys like, uh, you know, the uh, Joker and those guys. We kind of saw Joker beat up on him last year in the bubble mm-hmm. uh, through his side. So that's what I'm saying when you, and, when and the Lakers are faced with all thing. And see, I'm just not sh- I'm just not sure. Can you really? Because you remember the Joker played at the three point line a whole lot last mm-hmm. last season, especially in the playoffs. Can you really see how effective will Gasol be that far out? The way he's able to to go out there and still come down on picks and still rebound and challenge shots. I don't see Gasol doing that. 
See, and Joker, Joker is a bad example to use, I think, because I don't I think there's only one of him in our league. So yeah, when it comes to that matchup, he's gonna like Joker's gonna do whatever he wants to do no matter who's on him at that point. You get what I'm saying? But how many other the white, the have white I worried lim- about in that sense? The white really limited him. The white and Anthony Davis, they did a great job on, on Joker last year in the bubble. Uh, or last season, I'm sorry. I was about to, yeah, but when you when you look at his stats, they were the same. Yeah, but it's a like different. I say, they definitely made him work harder for what for, exactly. for what it was he had to get, but he got it exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but he got it, you know. Yeah. Versus and, and like him I against the Clippers, Joker just is the only want. one that we have to worry about in that manner. Then, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, you can't shed any tears behind it. I'm just saying, I. I like those defensive guys, those centers that know their centers and want to be centers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so And, and, that's and, the and last that. year, that was Dwight's first time actually being back to that, it seemed yep. like. Since, yep. Like I said, he was playing since, with a chip. Like, he had something yeah, to prove. He, yeah, and he absolutely did have something to prove. And I, and I did want Dwight back. But once again, like you say, being able to replace him with Montrez and Marcus All, I was, you know, mm-hmm. I was more than okay with that. Yep. I feel you. Uh, so, so, was there anything worth talking about for us, Brooklyn? I know it was KD first game back uh, since the injury. It was uh, we got a chance to see Steph being healthy again on the court. Uh, was it absolutely anything that went the way you thought it would go? Well, didn't go the way that it went. Did you see anything else playing out any differently than what it no. could have? No. no? Um, <laughs> the only thing, the, the takeaways I got from last night, well, one of them, we, we already knew Brooklyn is a very deep team, very. very deep team. Um, but we already knew that the other thing I took away was Golden State isn't, which is, which isn't something I had ever given much thought to before last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Golden State, man, that that's not a deep team at all. Mm-hmm. At all, they have a solid starting five with Wiggins, Curry. Uh, I forgot they had Kelly Oubre, but with what? Kelly Oubre, How you forgot about that? Wiseman, and they started uh, Pascal, pa- Pas- however you say that dude name, last night instead of Kevin Looney. But mm-hmm. I think Kevin Looney would probably be uh, the more consistent starter for them throughout the season. Yep. I don't know if he's coming off of injury or something like that. But looking at the looking at a starting lineup of Wiseman, Looney, Ubre, Curry, and Wiggins, you're like, man, they could still make the playoffs. But then when you look at their bench, man, there were so many times I was watching that game last night. I was like, who is that guy? Who is that? He's still in the league. Yeah. Who is that? Like what, what I saw, what I saw last night was the lack of uh, what's the word? A lack of chemistry. That's what I saw. You got Steph handling the ball. He give the ball up. He go one way. He's expecting another guy to come and give him a backdoor screen and the guy not even paying attention to him. By the time the guy looks and see what Steph's calling for, the ball's wrapping back around back toward those two guys. And I didn't one of them have to go get the ball. It was just like a it was crazy to see Golden State not be in sync offensively. Yeah. That yeah. was very, very, very crazy to see. And um they paid they paid for it. <laughs> the score, the scoreboard showed it. And I don't think if they did play together much, I don't think Wiggins and Curry played together too much last season, if nope. at all. Yep. So nope. you got you got Curry on the on the court with three guys he's haven't played with at all. Yep. In Wiggins, Uber, and Wiseman. 
And then um, I'm sitting here talking about Kevin Looney. Draymond Green is their starting power forward. I don't know how I forgot about him just that quick. So when he gets healthy, he'll be back out there. But once again, when you're looking at their their back uh, their backups, and you're like Wanamaker, Poole, Marquise uh, Chris, uh, Kent Bazemore, man, that's yeah, I that that's not gonna get it done. And I, and they, I was looking at them as a team that couldn't make the playoffs, but after actually seeing their bench, man, ain't no way. Yep, I, I totally agree, man. Um, I think they still have a chance to make the playoffs. It's just going to take so much in order for them to get into sync and be dangerous. That's what it is for me. Um, anytime you have Steph, you got a chance. Uh, Kelly Oubre, and that's why I said I don't know how you forgot that they had him because, to me, that was they splash. You know how every year a team – I mean, that, that was the only thing they got. <laughs> and Wiseman, I'm pretty big on Wiseman. I think well, yeah, he's going to pay out great. I'm glad, I, I'm glad they drafted him because um, that's who I wanted them to take, but you never know how this goes. They could have uh, – there was a lot of talks about them trading the pick, but I felt Wiseman would fit into perfectly into what they wanted to do. So I'm I'm glad they took him. But yeah, uh, I, have, I have very high expectations for him in the future. Yeah. Um, so there's 13 games tonight. Um, but I wanted to touch on just how you see this season playing out as a whole. Um, who, uh, today, who would you be looking at as making up the NBA finals? I spoke with a good friend of ours, Sean, today about that. We, we kind of text a little bit about it and, I mean, you would have to say the Nets. You you have to put Brooklyn there coming out the East. The only thing that, that that's in a way is the Bucks. Um, the Bucks are great defensively, but they never had to worry about no Kevin stopping no Kevin Durant. So uh, I would have to say Brooklyn. And coming out the West, I think it's going to be, uh, of course, the Lakers. Of course, the Clippers. You're going to mix in Denver. And my other team that I would throw in there that I think would make a little noise if they get health, if uh, if if they stay healthy, are, are the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and but this is early prediction, so it's so hard to repeat, right? It's so hard to do that. So I'm really because last year I was easily like, oh, I got the Lakers beating the Clippers, like yeah. definitely got the Lakers beating the Clippers. I think it'll go six, but I got the Lakers. But because they won, and I know what it takes for a team to be able to get back to that, and you know how much more the Clippers wanted this year, it's so hard for me just to say Lakers. It's just so hard for me to say that. But the Lakers still have two of the top maybe five players in the NBA. You could take So long as the Lakers stay healthy. I have to lie on what I know history to be. LeBron's going to be great in the playoffs. Um, Anthony Davis is going to continue to be the best big man in basketball. We're talking about two guys that not only can score, but they can take over games, and they're going to also do it on the defensive side if they need to. Um, The Lakers are so scary. I think if both of them are – is playing top-notch, you can't win. If one of them is playing top-notch, they should win. 
Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So I would have to go Lakers, but it's super hard to repeat. Um Yeah, the the Nets, once again, man, you got before getting hurt, who I had as the best player in the league. And um last night, seeing him back on the court, he it's not going to take him long to get back to exactly where he was when he left off, which is always what you worry about when you have injuries like that. You're like, well, is that player going to come back as a shell of themselves? Um, Watching Kevin Durant last night, watching him throughout the preseason and the games that he did play, it's not going to take him long to get back to the point to where he was before he got hurt, Um, which is, once again, like I say – We'll just say top three player in the league. Um, and once he gets back to that point in the East, there is no stopping him. <laughs> like, there is no stopping him. Um, the Bucks, like you say, the, the best team, the only team that you can look at at this point and be like, yeah, they have a chance to knock them off is Milwaukee. But I, I feel like in order for Milwaukee to even be able to do so, Giannis has to take his game up another notch. He has to. Um, there, uh, I don't know if I was talking to you about this, um, but they were, I was listening to somebody talk, uh, the other day about how, uh, it was Kendrick Perkins and he was talking about how Giannis shied away from, um, the defensive matchups in the bubble last year when it came to guys like Luca and, um, James Harden and, and different superstars of that nature and with that athleticism and that size, it makes no sense. Like that's 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 something that if you're going to be if if you're the MVP, which he is, you have to take on those type of responsibilities. And I don't think seeing everything that we've seen coming into this season, I don't think he's somebody that you could put in front of Kevin Durant and say limit him. So well, if and if you can't limit Kevin Durant, you can't beat Brooklyn. Yeah, and, and I don't make a big deal out of that simply because that's been the NBA for years. Like, just because you are the superstar of the team and you score 30 and 25 and all this good stuff, your coach don't say, hey, go stop that other guy or go limit that, that well, other Well, that guy. depends on that's, who you are. I mean, he's not looked at as anything threatening to a Kobe Bryant or a Le- Le- LeBron James, or a, hell, not even a Dwayne Wade. He lo- He's looked at more as a glorified Tracy McGrady. Like, to me. I yeah, know Tracy- to you. That's, I don't think that's the consensus on Giannis, though. Who is Giannis? I think the consensus on Giannis is that he's a defensive player of the year. Yeah, he's the defensive player of the year, in the, in, but the NBA is so much different from what it used to be to now, I'm saying. Even when you had guys, just say, for instance, like Tracy McGrady, Gilbert Arenas, these guys that was terrific at scoring, these That's guys right. that, was, that was, was, was viewed as the most elite scorers to ever play the game at their point of time playing, they still didn't go guard Kobe Bryant. Of Kobe would, would would score thirty and guard them, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't guard Kobe. Absolutely, uh, and you're gonna have players like that. But I'm saying you can. I don't think you can look at Giannis in that sense because for one, Giannis isn't that great of an offensive talent. And like I say, I think people see him as being better defensively than he is offensively, which he is true. 
He so said, that's the case. You have to be able to limit the other player's best player. Yeah, and he definitely has his flaws, but I don't think Milwaukee, in a sense, is deep enough to say, hey, Giannis, we're going to need 30, and we also need you to go limit Kevin Durant. I'm just saying I don't think that's the best strategy for them to take. Now, if he and I, accepts and that challenge, is. I'm I, sorry. I said, and I think it is. Yeah, it's if he accepts that challenge, Sean, cool. Because me and Sean talked about it uh, a couple of days ago, I think, or yesterday, and he was saying how – the the, the that's that should be the expectation of Giannis, it but should. the thing that has to change is that he's trying to. Everybody wants him to evolve his game to match today's NBA, mm-hmm. which is become a better shooter, get a three point shot. When in 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 actuality, he should be focusing on playing more in the post and becoming more dominant in yeah. the post. Yeah, but that that that's not basketball. So and and it's hard for you to tell your small forward, power forward to do those things to work more in the post because us at home, it seems like the best thing to do, a smart thing to do. But you got Joel Embiid, who's the most physical big man or the most gifted big man, uh, uh, that's a a straight center, who he don't want to do those things. So it's hard for me to to fault a guy in Giannis. In a basketball league where, you know, you can be 215 playing a power forward position. He's already probably stronger than whoever he matches up against or more athletic than whoever he matches up against. I I can't fault him for that. The old me would, but I'm through all that out the door. It's not really much of that in today's basketball. Hell, LeBron James still doesn't have a a consistent jump shot. And we've been saying this since day one. That's the thing he need to improve. Carmelo Anthony still haven't learned how to play defense. That's been something we've been saying since day one he needed to improve on. So I just, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't bother me this about Giannis because I don't have those same expectations as as others may. And I was about uh, to say, yeah, it, 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 I mean, I can understand how it not bothers you just because of how you view today's NBA, but it's hard to not be able to look at it and say that's the key to success for him. Oh, definitely. I, I agree. And that's with all you. I'm saying. I, yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying. That's when I and that's what I'm talking about when I say Milwaukee cannot Brooklyn off if Giannis takes his game up another notch. That's what they consist of. You just told me also that he's flawed offensively. He so, is. That's so why you, I say. But that's so why you, I'm saying his his offensive game has to be focused on a, a inside game. So, but this everybody what I'm wants him to develop an outside game. Instead of polishing and perfecting an inside game, which he could be unstoppable at, but as, in this NBA. But either way it go, he has something that he needs to work on offensively. So you want my guy, who's the best player on my team, that have problems scoring offensively. You want him shooting, shooting offensively because he could get to the basket at will. But we that's, that. it. Uh, that it gets cut off during the playoff time. All that is limited. So that's what I'm saying. If they meet Brooklyn, more than likely it's going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. So uh-huh. you want that guy who's struggling, who has flaws offensively, you want him to exert more energy chasing around Kevin Durant and then on the flip side still be responsible for having to carry 25 to 30 points offensively. I'm just saying in the grand scheme of things, that's so much harder to to actually do than to say. But they, but, True, but guys do it. 
You get what I'm saying? Same him. Because even Kevin Durant, he didn't play defense until he got with Golden State. Why? Because I, I know I don't have the responsibility of scoring 30 and 40 in order for us to win. So but he so scored 30 and 40 and played defense, whether it was the expectation or not. He was scoring 30 and 40 and playing defense. Because now he because he doesn't have that responsibility. That's like, just, regardless of if it's the expectation or not, he's able to do it. No, and it's he, not the expectation. It's the responsibility, I'm saying. He, I don't have to or I don't have to sit here and, and ask Draymond to chase LeBron. Oh, Draymond, who we know we don't need 30 and 20 to score to win. I can do it because come hell or high water. We still gonna put up points against this LeBron team that we're playing against. So you now, tell it's you don't be think Milwaukee is capable of scoring outside of Giannis? I'm sorry. I say so. You telling me you don't think Milwaukee is capable of scoring outside of Giannis? I don't think they're capable of scoring enough that it's gonna take to beat Brooklyn without Giannis scoring 25 and 30. If Giannis only averages okay. 20, 22 points against Brooklyn. I don't see no way possible they could be broke. I was about to say, so so your point is you just think that's too hard for Giannis. Yes, I think to that's be able too much to score for Giannis. 25 it, to 30 and yes, play defense. Yes, it would be so yeah, much more, it would be so much more easier for him if he was already polished offensively in the post. Whether you feel like Giannis needs to improve on his outside shooting or his inside game, whichever one you, you want to pick. If he already knew how to do that, if he was already polished. And now you say, okay, Giannis, now we need you to play defense like we know you can. Okay, cool. I can respect that. But him still learning and, and trying to figure out his offensive game in the playoffs, I, I don't think that it's – I don't think it's 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 smart to ask him to still or KD. He got a whole season to figure this out. Well, I, if now, they – This get, is the stuff that – the playoffs don't start tomorrow, you know? And, and look – what, what comes to mind to me, like having this conversation, Yeah, I remember so many greats taking this approach. This year, I'm going to sell out on defense. I'm going to get my 30 and still guard the other team best. It happened, It used to happen all the time. Uh -huh. And, it, you know, 10 games in, they, they run away from that. Hey, bro. Exactly. Yeah, I can't do that. But, because that's not something that, like you said, and I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about him saying every game I'm going down, I'm getting 30, and I'm defending the, the other team's best player. I'm saying he has a whole – once again, the defensive thing I think is straight effort. Like you said, LeBron coasts most through the regular season, so when postseason comes, he can exert that energy on defense but and still look, be but, able to do what he has to do on offense. But that's and, only because he's so much further offensively polished than Giannis, though. That's all that, that is. That's what I'm saying. But, but, and, and that's, but that's my point. My point is I don't, think, I don't think the defensive thing is anything more than effort for Giannis. So there is no reason for him to go out here and try to exert so much energy on defense throughout a regular season trying to limit the other team's best player when he mm. could be doing the opposite, um, doing what he needs to do on the opposite end, which yeah. is perfecting what he is as an offensive player. I got you. Well, we'll see. And um, we got too far away from that. My, yeah. The bottom line is I do have also at this point, <laughs> it would be the Lakers and the Nets in the NBA Finals. All that Giannis talk to finish. Yeah, it. all that Giannis talking to not even put him in the finals. That was a waste. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Like I said, I just I got it the same way, man. If everything stands the same and everybody's healthy, I would have to go Lakers and 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 Nets. Who you got winning that series and why though? I have the Lakers. How many games? Six. 
I got Lakers seven. I got Lakers. Yeah, I, I got Lakers. See, and that's and that's always the thing for me. And it might just be me as a Lakers fan. I I, I don't want to see Game Sevens. I understand. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't want to see a Game Seven because anything can happen, especially when you're playing somebody of the greatness of a Kevin Durant. So let's let's go out here and try to get this over before it becomes win or go home. I feel you. I, I, if, if it was my team, I would definitely feel the same way. But I think Kevin Durant is too skilled. Like, basketball is so easy for him. You know, if uh, and and that's a matchup I don't expect to see LeBron James guard him. Well, in, in the finals, no. I don't I don't expect to see LeBron guard KD. I, I don't. What you think? AD going to guard him? No. I'm just saying, I just think we, collectively the Lakers are going to throw bodies. And they're going to give it to who's the most successful player. Now, at times, in, in the fourth quarter, I can see LeBron saying, hey, I got him. But I don't expect LeBron at 36 to run around with Kevin Durant all, all game long for set for five, six, seven games, however long this thing wind up being. I don't see that. And Unless, I do, because um, if that does, because of, I, I say, and I do, because if that doesn't happen, we don't win. Yeah, unless he's on fire or just, you know, he's whatever. Going, but, he's, you talking about Kevin Durant? Because this is my thing. This is my thing. Whatever KD gets on LeBron, he's going to be able to get on whoever else called him. Unless you're going to say Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis can stop him from driving a little bit more. But no matter who you put on KD, he's going to be able to get the same thing he wants on LeBron or on whoever. Pull up jumper, blow by, turn around, shoot over, whatever. He gonna, Just like he could get it on. on now, it, be, it may be a little tougher or whatever you want to call it. But KD is so skillful. When he's shooting over somebody, he's shooting over that person. Which is accurate, but who's going to – LeBron is going to make that tougher. So when you say he, whatever he could get against LeBron, of course he could get against anybody else, but against anybody else is going to be plus more. You get what I'm saying? Like, LeBron, But how much – so if LeBron is digging in defensively for uh -huh. a whole game, you saying you want LeBron to guard KD the whole game. 100%. Shit, that's oh oh uncussed. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough, bro. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Because and I'm I'm saying that as I look at this cupcake ornament on my Christmas tree. <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> that's tough, bro. Like for real. That's somebody thirty six running around with the most skillful offensive player Red. in basketball. I mean, and, I, and, and I, you and still I that part of it. They can see how you like, bro. I don't like. The look of that, a thirty, yeah. the thirty, a thirty-six-year-old LeBron James trying to chase away and focus on Kevin Durant for seven games. I can see, I can see how you, how, how you looking at that and be like, no, that that can't be it. But what's the other alternative? To let LeBron guard him as needed, doing spurts because okay. we still gonna need Brian to score his thirty offensively. Who's and I'm not saying, and I'm not saying LeBron can't do it. I can't say LeBron can't do it. But I would rather because my thing. So my thing is this year, all this year going into this year, the Lakers' weakness is perimeter def defenders. Mm -hmm. Well, not perimeter, not even perimeter wing defenders. Because, and that's why that's why I would have loved to been able to pick up Nicholas Batum. But so if you're telling me LeBron not gonna guard him, LeBron will guard him as needed. Um, and Anthony Davis is going to do the same thing. The thing is, who guards him? KCP? That's what 
what I'm saying. It's gonna be a collection of guys, bro. I don't well, know if you remember I, when um when, when 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 Golden State beat the Clippers. Them people and Houston beat and and um Houston played uh Golden State. They beat them, bro. CP3 got on them. Uh, Eric Eric Garden got on them. Jeff Green. They they use bigger guys, slower guy. It does not matter. Like that's what I'm saying. It's really no. I guess you could say slowing him down is really none of that. It's just if he miss, he miss. He's not missing because of nothing that the defense do at this point. He to me, he's that that skillful and he's that great offensively. You're not gonna take nothing away from him. Yeah. See. Yeah. We just that's that philosophy. That philosophy to me is like. Tampa Bay saying we're gonna let Tyreek Hill give whatever he wants. And we still gonna try to win. No, you do what you can. You play tight, you don't give up nothing cheap, nothing deep. You make KC drive the distance of the field. And what I'm saying is that's the same approach with Kevin Durant. We're gonna go underneath screens, we're gonna we're gonna stay glued to him. When he shoot, we're gonna stand straight up. We're gonna, you know, do what we can do to make it as hard as possible. However, he's gonna get what he get, what he get. Yeah, but you once again the thing that's gonna make it as hard as possible is LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like if if cool. if we if we if we had a Jeff Green or um an Ariza or some uh, any guy of that of that stature to be able to be like okay you know we we have other people that we can throw at Kevin Durant um and once again like you say not not even limit him. But to be a reasonable matchup, mm-hmm. to like you say, to to put a hand in his face and like right. you say, and, and hope that he misses. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, outside of LeBron James and Kevin Durant, I mean, out of, outside of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, we don't have a player like that on our team. Period. But see, but see that's what that, and see, that's what I was, that's what I was basically saying. Let's throw a collection of guys over him. So when you go into a series, especially as deep as the Western Conference. You only gonna have two or two, maybe three guys that's gonna guard that guy from the other team that we know trying to score 30. So if you telling me that those guys are Anthony Davis and LeBron, cool. What I'm saying is I don't want that sole responsibility to fall on LeBron James. And okay, I and okay, I can hear that. And I'm telling you that I'd prefer it be LeBron's sole responsibility mm-hmm. and and depend on Anthony Davis to be better than a Kyrie. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's how, that's how I see that one. Because great scores, when you put one guy on them, I don't care how great that defender is. Once they figure out what that defender is giving up, whether it's, okay, he's going to allow me to dribble left. Okay, he going he, when I dribble left and blow by him, he's playing me for the step back. Okay, when I cross this over to my right, I know I can pull up anytime I want. Once a great score figure, figures that out, what you're giving up, and they catch a rhythm, it's over. So that's why I always like throwing two guys, at least two guys at him to 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 keep him kind of off balance in a sense, somewhat, you know, off sense. But just one, and God forbid if, if KD's hot and he's lighting Brian up, uh, that always kind of eats at LeBron offensively to where he he seemed to not be having such a good game offensively or whatnot. So thirty six. And, and, and that's that, my if, thing about LeBron this year. Like I feel like the. I feel like the additions we've made this year is going to allow him to not have to even be what he was last year offensively. Wow. Yeah, I, I totally disagree with that. 
That's that's crazy. Like, yeah, I totally disagree with that. Cause I like the I love the 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 I feel like this team is better overall um than than the team last year with they're the, better, with the they're better in what aspects though? Um, that's, that's the thing that matters. In what I, aspects I would say are they better? Playmaking, definitely. Definitely playmaking. Move being able to for more people to 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 get their own shot versus have LeBron uh orchestrate the offense. 100%. Dennis Schroeder could go out and get his own shot. You know 100%. what I'm saying? Like I said, Montrez gonna get 12 to 16 just from the Florida game. They didn't have that last year. And Gasol so, the floor as well. Yeah. So they didn't have those things. So I feel like they are better uh than last year. But um I feel like either way it go if LeBron is not LeBron, then the rest of those guys mean nothing besides Anthony Davis. Yeah, we definitely, yeah, so we definitely disagree on that. So that's going to be interesting to see throughout the season. Because like I said, I once again, like you said, you pointed exactly at it. They're, they have, they're going to be better at playmaking this season, and they're going to be better at scoring in general, whether it's people getting their own shots like you, like you pointed to a Schroeder, or just people being able to knock down open jumpers which is a Schroeder or uh, a Wesley Matthews instead of being able to, to give up on a Rondo and say, do you make it or miss it? But most likely you're going to miss it. Most more than likely. So yeah, I, I think that's the big difference, but uh, we done ran way too long today already. So let's go, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, like I said, we pointed to the games this weekend. NFL-wise, the NBA season has picked up already, so we're going to have a lot to talk about uh, next week when we uh, when we get back on here. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. I hope everybody enjoys it. 